Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy whose hobby is fire, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I just like to watch it burn. I know. Don't we all? Not gonna lie. I love I love fire. It's great stuff. <laughs> just don't stare in the flame, though, guys. Oh my gosh. You're gonna accidentally summon a horrible ghost. That wouldn't be an accident. <laughs> well, it sure wasn't an accident when Jimmy did it, that bastard. Rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> Uh, how you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's all right. I haven't asked you for two weeks now. How have your two weeks been? Uh, yeah, you know, normal, usual. Yeah, yeah just nothing. two weeks worth of it. Yeah. Well, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did get to play a video game together for the first time in. Oof. Like, like three years? years? Yeah, something like that. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was fun. It wasn't Are You Afraid of the Dark, though. It was a That was a really missed opportunity on our part, I think. I know, what the hell, Steam? Ugh, they need to They need to upload a Tale of Orfeo's Curse. That's what they need to do. Add multiplayer to it, remaster it. Get on it, Gabe. Yeah, get on it. I'm gonna send them a tweet, is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tweet Steam. Oh, shit. They have They're to put it up there now. Yeah, they're going to be they like, don't want Whoa. that bad press. It's up all night. We got to do it, okay? And then they'll rush out it, and there'll be glitches and stuff, and I'll be, I'll be tweet them again. I'm going to say, this isn't what I wanted. We'll put out a YouTube video, like, <laughs> ah, top ten reasons that the Steam release of Orfeo's Curse is rubbish. Yeah, and we'll make it, uh, like, ten minutes and five seconds long, so we get all the ad revenue from... <laughs> Yeah, and the thumbnail will be our faces with giant eyes and screaming yeah. mouths. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you work on that. <laughs> so, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't either. How was your week, Brandon? Did you do anything exciting? Nope. Oh, okay. How about you? Dude, I have a problem in my life right now, Brandon. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah, sure. Tell me all your problems. It's a continuation of a problem I had a couple of months ago, so my life just gets worse and worse. <laughs> or it stays the same. No, this is I have this one problem. No. Is it the bees? It's not the bees. It's, it's the a, bees again, isn't it, it? No, it's a different flying insect. <laughs> okay. What do you got? Okay, remember a couple of months ago when I told you I had a huge amount of water in my crawl space? Yeah. Okay, well, we finally got that taken care of. But now, my crawl space is a breeding ground for mosquitoes. Oh. Yeah. So you got a mosquito farm down there. I do. They're my little mosquito babies. Yeah. They're everywhere. Nice crop this year. I'm just mosquito plaguing swarms. the world. <laughs> mosquitoes. But they've been getting into my actual house, and uh, it sucks. A hey, lot. Get back down there. You know your place. It took me a minute to realize what was going on because, like, I was getting a couple of mosquitoes and I was like, oh, we're leaving the door open when we walk out the door too long or something, you know, and being naive. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of days ago, I opened up the uh, the little crawl space door and a couple of mosquitoes flew out and I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. So I got yeah. some bug bombs and I um, sprayed them yesterday so we'll see what happens you just need to start training them young they, yes. they need to learn their boundaries i wish i could knew how to do that i don't yeah, know you maybe you just it's need to find sound like, caesar milan but for mosquitoes <laughs> and he'll just That's be like i haven't heard in a while mosquitoes <laughs> this is your part of the house no they can't have a part of the house the you, you, the crawl space give oh, them the okay. crawl space come on I'm not going down there. <laughs> exactly. So you just seed that to the mosquitoes and, yeah. you know. Okay. All live right. and not live. Alright, that makes sense. So that was my week. It's the week of mosquitoes. A lot of fun. So Actually, That's I think good. it might be some people's nightmare. <sighs> don't really have a problem with mosquitoes here. That's good. Like, really? You guys don't? Not really. Huh, maybe I should move to Australia. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's too far away for me. Yeah. Like, I won't even move out of state, so I'm not going to Australia. <laughs> oh. 
But enough about my mosquito problem. Uh, you don't have anything going on, so... No. Do you want to just talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's what I'm here for. It is the highlight of my week. It's mine, too. Although, I, I still gotta say, I hate doing notes. <laughs> Every week when you ask me what I did, I should just say, I recorded an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast with my friend. <laughs> it was buckets of fun. Alright, let's get into this episode, Brandon. Alright. So Brandon and I just got done watching The Tale of the Night Shift. What'd you think of this one, Brandon? I loved it. I loved it too. <laughs> this, I think, is the best episode of this season. I'm gonna probably agree with you. <laughs> like, spoilers for the wrap-up episode, but this- It's so good. This episode is so good. Yes. Oh, man. Like, I knew it was good because it was one of my favorite episodes growing up. But, like, watching it, I mean, I just watched it yesterday and did my notes. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I got finished watching that and I was just amazed at how much they fit into, you know, 20 whatever minutes. Yeah. It's got it all. It felt like so much happened. It's so, like, it doesn't even stop. It's, I mean, the episode starts and it's already, like, boom, like, plot. And it's, it, I don't think any other episode's really done this. You know what you're getting, for the most part. Except it tries yeah. to tell you you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, the acting is really good. Um, the story is amazing. The setting is perfect. It's, like, beyond a kid's show. It's so good. It's yeah, scary. There's some, it's there's scary. some chilling things. And really dark things. Yeah. I loved every second of it, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I got no complaints. I think it was even better than when I liked it as a kid. Because now I'm an adult and I can appreciate it even more. Except for maybe Colin. <laughs> yeah, I've got a complaint. <laughs> yeah, fuck Colin a little bit, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Alright, you ready to go in? Ready to start talking about it? Yeah. Enough yeah. of this gushing about it and get into it? Yeah, let's get into this garbage. Uh, you know, before we start, I will say one thing. I wish that I would have changed it up and done the next episode as the twelfth episode and this one as the season finale because I feel like it's a, I feel like it fits good as a season finale. So, sorry, Brandon. It would have been a good season finale. Yeah. It would have been a good series finale. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have known that, but that's okay. Our episode starts up, and Gary's walking down the pathway when he bumps into Sam, and the two apologize to each other, and Gary's saying that it's his fault, and he walks away, as Sam just awkwardly looks at him, and then says that she's gonna go get some more wood. Oh, it's very awkward. It is super awkward, yeah. And like they're, they, they're, they're wearing kind of matching flannel as well. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's a sign. She walks away into the woods, and Gary walks by Betty Ann, who looks up, asking if he told her. And he sits down saying, oh yeah, I said, and he looks around to see if anybody's near, and and then hunkers down saying, I said, Sam, we've known each other for a long time now, and I think you know how I feel about you, so maybe we should talk about it and decide if we should go out for real. And Betty Ann's like, yeah, and? And Gary tells her Sam said she likes him too, but didn't want to get into a relationship right now because she has a lot going on, and uh, who cares why? Bottom line is, she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I should never... But Stig walks up yelling, we're here, let the games begin. And Tucker, Kiki, and Sam are walking up behind him, and Tucker's asking, who's up tonight? Man, I love it when uh, we get Gary-Sam plot. <laughs> yeah, I like it as well. It was slower than I thought it would be. Yes. But this is definitely the biggest movement we've had in that space so far. That's why this is an episode of such a good like series finale, because you get a lot of that Sam and Gary stuff that you've been... Hinting at for the past, like, three years now, so my bad, folks. <laughs> but I also kind of just assumed they were seeing each other at this point. Yeah, especially after Crimson Clown and them, them going to the Lava Palooza and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they're not Facebook official. That's a thing in 1995 or whatever, right? Uh, yep. Sure is. Sam, with the wood in her hand, says, I am. And she tosses the wood down, and she sits at the throne saying... I've been saving this story for a long time, and I think tonight's the best night to tell it. Girl, you've been saving this story? I you know! You've been used to this all season! 
Remember the stinkers she told last season? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good she told the story because I was starting to lose hope for Sam. <laughs> well, did she tell a story already this season? Was it C seven? Yeah, it was C seven. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, she told C seven. <laughs> she says it's a story about illusion and deception, and then she picks up a big rock saying, "Some things may look familiar." but they could be hiding a secret you never expected. And she turns the rock over to show a geode, and she's saying it could be beautiful or mysterious. And then she reflects the campfire in it, which is cool. And she says, or like in my story, something evil. And the kids all really love that, and she grabs a pouch of dust, tossing in a fistful, saying, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... Tale of the Night Shift. Okay. Yes. I mean, I guess in the very vaguest sense, what she says is accurate or whatever. Yeah. But I have a really hard time because we know Sam comes up with these stories based on her props. Yeah. So I have a very hard time picturing her looking at this geode and being like, shit, (laughs) hospital vampires. Okay. I don't think it's the geode. I think it's the, the fact that Amanda is her. The main character of the story, her name is Amanda, and she is a she's got like a whole bunch of shit to do, and it's like, you know, wasting her life away because she goes to, a, she goes to school and she you know goes and does this practice and then she does her homework and then for some reason they allow like her family allows her to go work at a hospital during the night shift, which isn't something that's legal, but <laughs> she does it, and I think that that is more the the prop is the parallel to her own life she brought that geode but she brought that she geode dra- she dragged it all the way there <laughs> she had it on her bike <laughs> she's like <laughs> in the basket of her bike or something but uh i mean this whole talk about things not being what they appear is i wouldn't say it's like a huge part of the story it's a cool part of it but it's not like the focus i mean the focus is vampires <laughs> yeah but she can't just be like, you know, sometimes vampires be like, <laughs> sometimes I just suck the life out of everything I touch. I don't know. And vampires here's my story. Need their coffins. I call this story Tale of the Coffins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like her introduction to the story. I think it's cool, and I mean, it does have to do with the story, so that's great, but it's not really the focus, so no, it's fine. Our tale begins, and right away we watch an ambulance with its siren blazing drive past the United Hospital, and we yeah. walk inside, and there's a ton of people walking all over this place, something that wouldn't be happening today. <laughs> Some episodes you watch, and they start, and you wonder, I wonder why it's called the tale of the blah blah blah. Not with yeah. this episode. Nah, you know what you're getting. Right away. One second in. Boom. Yeah. It's the night shift. Yeah. Which is great. And it's at a hospital. We haven't had a hospital setting yet. And hospital no. settings are honestly And that's a great horrifying. setting for horror. Yeah. Hospitals are the spookiest place. When you think about it. <laughs> exactly. We hear over the loudspeaker saying that visiting hours are over. And so visitors got to get the fuck out. And here's where we meet our first character, Felix, who's cleaning up the floor in this high traffic area for some reason. And he's like 11. Yeah. Like, he is an employee of this hospital, and he is, like, 15 years old. Yeah. From off screen, someone yells, Felix! Which is a theme in this episode. Somebody yelling for somebody off screen. It happens all the time. And he gets pissed, and he throws his mop to the ground, and he walks over to a guy with a clipboard yelling, Is this your signature, Zebo? Felix says, uh, yeah. And then the guy sternly says, You signed for water pumps. Did I say you could sign for the shipments? Felix is all, no, but... And the guy's all, but you did, and now it's gone. Felix says, gone? But the thing is huge. And the guy tells him, Find it, Zebo. Go find yourself another job. Tells him Zebo twice. I know. They were just hammering that in. They're like, all right. I don't know if they knew at this point that these, this was, like, the end. This was the last season. But, man, they just they hammered Zebo in and Ghastly Grinner in. Like, they wanted to be remembered. And yeah. they succeeded. Yeah. We're still talking about it to this day. Felix runs the other direction, almost running into a girl named Amanda, who um, runs by him. And Amanda's, like, 12. <laughs> yeah, right? And then she runs into an elevator asking someone to hold it. And then up runs another girl who says, Me too! 
In the elevator, the running girl is all like, oh my god, I just can't get used to this night shift. And Amanda giggles a little, and the girl asks her how she does it. And Amanda tells her that she's got school till 3, then shot practice, homework, and dinner. If I want to volunteer, it's the night shift. And the gal asks Amanda when she sleeps. And Amanda laughs, saying, I'm not sure. Let me check my schedule. The girls get off the elevator, and it looks like they're on the children's floor, since it's nicely decorated in, like, children appeasing you know stuff right yeah it's got like a lot of decorations and stuff and i mean no hospital floor is going to have like a tree and stuff in it unless it's the kids floor yeah of course kids love trees (laughs) it's appropriate that they've got children working at the children's board yeah right they'll only accept their own kind (laughs) running girl apologizes to the head nurse for being late and she just has a bunch of clipboards and she's handing them to her saying number three won't take his meds mr remy's got a fever number seven's in pre-op for for bright and early number five but then a kid in a wheelchair yells incoming and busts through all those those girls and the nurse walks away saying wants her mommy and the girl looks at amanda saying i thought the night shift was supposed to be quiet And she runs off to chase the kid in the wheelchair, and Amanda gets called away by the nurse. So the nurse with Amanda is Lorette. And at the beginning here, I thought she was a volunteer, too, because she's not very old. No. And I was like, what is this nurse doing handing people charts that are volunteering, telling them to give people medicine? Like, that's super illegal. But she's a nurse, so it's okay. Amanda's not, but she doesn't do anything that a volunteer wouldn't do, I don't think. I mean, she's getting, like, towels and, you know, saving the world. But besides that... Yeah, just lowly grunt work. Yeah. (laughs) Over with the nurse, she shows Amanda the clipboard, saying, We've got a new volunteer I want you to show around. Margo Amanda, Amanda Margo. Now you're old chums. Don't annoy me. And she walks away. (laughs) And Margo smiles at Amanda, saying, Hi! And Margo's even younger than Amanda. Yeah, she really is. (laughs) I love Margo. She's great. Amanda says hi back and walks over to put her stuff down, saying, You picked the night shift too? Margo says, Yeah. School kind of takes up a lot of the day. Amanda's all, Tell me about it. Then the nurse calls for her again, so she tells Margo she'll be right back. And Margo just kind of smiles and looks around, and then she sits down. And we fade to a new scene. But we have a lot of characters, and I think we should meet them all first. Alright. Who are these people? There's so many characters in this episode, but it never feels bogged down like the Manaha did or even Door Unlocked had a lot of characters. But no, it's a hospital. There's a lot of people. It is, but they all seem to have a purpose, and I appreciate that. First up, we've got an Are You Afraid of the Dark first with George Varga, who played Felix. Did you recognize him at all, Brandon? Nope. No? Okay. Well, he's the first Power Ranger on the show, because he played the Blue Ranger in Power Rangers Ninja Storm in 2003. The last, like, Power Rangers I remember watching was SPD or whatever. This one was before that. It was two or three before it, I think. Wow. Yeah. He's done other stuff, too, but when you're a Power Ranger, all that doesn't matter. So, next. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda is played by Emmanuel Shrieky, who's been in a ton of other things, including You Don't Mess with the Zohan with uh, Adam Sandler, Waiting with Ryan Reynolds, and Wrong Turn and Entourage and a lot more stuff. She's pretty great. Yeah, she's good in this episode. Mm-hmm. Jack, the crew leader, I guess. I don't know if that's his title or whatever. But he's the one that yelled at Felix in the beginning and called him Zebo. He's played by Tyrone Benskin who's been in so many things like Scanners 2, Flash Gordon, and more recently, Channel Zero. Probably yelling at people in all of them. I assume he did. He does a great job at yelling at people. I just want him to call everyone Zebo in all of his roles. Just work that in somehow. Yeah. I remember them like having advertisements for Channel Zero all the time before it came out and then uh and then it came out and I don't think I've heard anything of it since then. I don't even know if it got a second season. I've never heard of it. So I'm pretty sure it's just creepy pastas but in a show form. Eh. Yeah, that's how I feel too. The grumpy nurse Hanton is played by Kathleen Fee and she's been in a lot of stuff too. Some of it French, some of it Arthur. We'll be seeing her again. <laughs> Okay. She'll be back in the show in season six and seven. The running girl is Nurse Lorette, and she's played by Jennifer Engels, and she wasn't in anything else. This is it? 
Yeah, and she did a good job in this episode, so I don't know. Yeah, I thought she was alright. She was must have been like, nope, I'm gonna do something else in life. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Hope you're doing well out there, Jennifer. Me too. Finally, for right now, we have Margot, and she is played by Elizabeth Rosen, who's also been in a lot of stuff, including the latest in the continuation of the Chucky movies, Cult of Chucky, not the remake. Sure. That series is a mess. Well, I think that they're trying to bring it back, so... Like, I I think they did a good job of bringing it back after the Seed and Bride. Because I watched um, Curse of Chucky, and I thought it was pretty good. I didn't watch Cult of Chucky, though, so maybe everything's wrong There's, like, three different Chucky timelines right now. (laughs) I think there's only two, Brandon. Oh, wait, no, you're right, there's three. Um, Warcraft, she was a Westfall woman. And, Brandon, she was in our favorite movie. Are you ready for this? What is it? House of the Dead. (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite movie. You know, that might be one of the only movies where I wanted to just stop watching it while it was on. (laughs) The only thing I remember about that movie, other than all the other things I remember, is the very obvious springboard that one of the zombies bounces on. Yeah, you could see it. It was great. It's so visible. I just remember every shot, like... When somebody would shoot their shotgun or whatever, the camera would just do a 360 right all the way around them. And it was like, what the, it was, I mean, that movie, that movie was like at least 75% reused footage over and over again of the person spinning around and springboarding. And it was ridiculous. And there's footage of the game. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) We should watch that movie again. Yeah. We really should. Okay, let's get back to the episode. It looks like we're in the basement of the hospital now or something. I thought it looked like the basement of an aircraft carrier. It's a very (laughs) weird looking area. Yeah, there's like pipes and stuff everywhere. It's really, I mean, it's the basement. It has to be, right? Yeah. There's a lot of water pipes and like, I don't know, it's just kind of creepy. We see a sign saying danger 4,000 volts and the camera pans over and we see Felix walking down some dark maintenance looking area saying how do you lose an entire water pump and he shakes his head and he shuffles down the hall some more and he sees a broken piece of wood next to a roaring fire for like the water heater maybe i don't I, I, actually it's the incinerator sometimes you just gotta incinerate stuff i don't know all the time fires uh hopefully doesn't it's look my hobby it. <laughs> he says this is from the crate it came in and he closes the door to that roaring fire and he throws down the wood saying how did it get and then we see a girl who says, hi, Felix. Come here. I want to show you something. So Felix blinks a couple of times. Yeah, nah. You I'm going to go the other way. You would think. There's like eight different reasons why you would just run at that point. Do you think he knows this girl? No. <laughs> so you don't, you don't think at this point this thing is impersonating a girl he likes or knows? It's no. just some random quote-unquote hot girl. That's hard to say now that I think about it, because it already knows Felix's name. So, does it have some sort of, like... Oh, it watches. Yeah, but it hasn't been there for very long. I mean, it's established that Felix is the first... I mean, spoilers. Felix is the first victim. <laughs> That's not spoilers. We know. <laughs> a creepy girl in a basement just said, hey, come here, Felix. <laughs> this isn't going to turn out well for him. <laughs> Everything floats down here, Felix. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this vampire, because it's a vampire. Maybe yeah, the vampire's like charm is like something that it concocts from the the brain of its victims. Maybe like I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, Felix blinks a couple of times. He looks around and then he follows this pretty girl and she rounds a corner and Felix stops. And he looks around again and then says, you know, you're not supposed... But then he rounds the corner and it isn't a pretty girl. It's a horrifying vampire. Yeah, it's the Green Goblin. It's amazing. He hisses and then he bites at Felix. And he's got solid red eyes and pale green skin and wispy white hair. And I'm so glad. Like, this is a third... This is the third vampire in Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so far, all three of them have been completely different. And it's... It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you can't even be like, oh, another vampire story. Because, yeah, they are all completely different. Yeah. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark is really good at vampire stories. 
I guess. Like, like some of the ghost stories can be like, yeah, we get it. It's ghosts. But vampires just got more variety, I guess. Yeah. I mean, how many times are we going to see somebody standing outside a window glowing, telling everybody they're cold? Yeah, but now we got hissing vampires. We got kid vampires. We got Nosferatu. I'm excited to see if we get another vampire. I hope we do. I'm sure we will. I'm sure that you didn't recognize this guy, but this vampire is played by An- Andrew a- Aper- Aperge? Aperge? I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's the blue-spirited guy from Room for Rent. Of course. Whatever, you did not know that. No, of course I didn't. <laughs> I will say he is much better in this episode than he was in Room for Rent. Everything about this episode is much better than Room for Rent. We cut, and now we're back with Amanda, who's wheeling a cart when up walks Nurse Lorette, who tells her that the guy in 59 says he's a friend of yours, and Amanda asks who it is, but Lorette tells her to go see because he's cute. So Amanda stops, and she smiles, and then goes and sees who's in room 59. She knocks on the wall next to the open doorway, and looks inside saying hello, and a hand raises up, and a guy says, Amanda, is that you? And Amanda walks in saying, Colin? And she walks up to him, asking what's wrong. And he has some, like, shallow breathing and stuff. And he says, tomorrow, getting tonsils out. And Amanda tells him that she's so sorry. And then says, what? And he pops out of bed saying, and you can take care of me. You want some candy corn? And Amanda calls him a jerk. (laughs) And Colin pops out of bed saying, oh, come on, it was a goof. (laughs) Which was awesome. He was just having a goof, Amanda. He was having a good old goof. He was just goofing. Amanda gets pissed saying, no, you're a goof. And I'm busy. Colin tells her that she's always busy and he needs comfort, but she walks away saying, I don't think so. She's not in the mood for goofs. In the hallway, Colin chases after her saying, but you gotta be nice to me. I might not make it through surgery, which is true. Yeah. The two kids walk away down the hall and we see Lorette smile and check her clipboard. And then from behind her, a little girl says, hello. And Lorette says, hello back. And then asks what room she's in. And the little girl runs away down the hall. Lorette chases after her. And she chases the girl into a room and slowly walks in saying, Are we playing hide and seek? And she looks around the room, which is the showering room, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And she's got a smile on her face and she says, I'm gonna get you. And she slowly walks up to a curtain saying, I'm gonna scare you. <laughs> which is... <laughs> I don't know why you would say that to a kid. But... I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Nah, I'm just goofing. I'm having a goof, kid. (laughs) You're gonna die in here. You've got a terminal illness. (laughs) Well, she pushes the curtain aside, but the little girl isn't there. So she's just like, huh. And she walks off camera. And then the fucking vampire makes his move, and it's amazing. creepy. So cool. I want to say that's from, like, a horror movie. I, th- I think I've seen it in, like, Exorcist 3, maybe? It's so good. You're just like, oh, there's no kid. And then the fucking vampire is just like, and walks by. <laughs> so good. I love it. They did such a good job in this episode. In the main hallway, Colin is still chasing after Amanda, saying, All I want is one date, a movie, pizza, anything. If you hate me after that, I'll leave you alone forever. And Amanda stops and starts writing on a paper at the nurse's desk saying, Colin, I told you before, I think you're a nice guy, but I'm too busy. Colin's all too busy for what? To have fun? So imagine how uncomfortable Gary must be hearing this story. Oh my God, right? (laughs) Sam's just like, so this fucking Gary, I mean, Colin guy just (laughs) wouldn't let up. (laughs) And Samantha just didn't want to go on a date with him. (laughs) <laughs> she didn't want to go on a date with him so much that she imagined there was a vampire in the hospital <laughs> killing everybody. <laughs> it's payback for the Crimson Clown. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> you're a bad kid, Sam. You're shit, Sam. Nobody wants to go to Lava Palooza with you, Sam. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Well, this whole shit show is interrupted by this kid again screaming, Incoming! And Colin moves aside, but Margot grabs the back of the kid's wheelchair, because we have to remember that Margot's in this episode. Right. Nine-year-old Margot. Good old night shift volunteering Margot. 
She's saying, sorry, he got away from me. The kid looks up at Margo saying, this place is so boring. Let's go to the morgue. Margot laughs a little, saying, I've got him. Come on, Speedy. Which is kind of mean to say. This kid broke his leg. <laughs> <sighs> and then they walk away. She's just goofing. Yeah, she's just having a goof. Amanda points her finger at Colin, saying, you're a patient. Pretend you're sick before we all get in trouble. And Colin pops a candy corn in his mouth, saying, okay, but I'm not giving up until you're giving in. That's what a predator says. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then he walks away. Like, he's an asshole, but he ends up being a good character, I think. This part is just... Yeah. It's not good. This part sucks. Nah. He's a bit cringy. Also, he's in the children's ward, so, yeah, these kids are not that old. (laughs) Nobody in this show is. There's, like, two nurses that are over the age of 20, and everyone else is, like, (laughs) eight or nine. Yeah. Amanda sighs and then bumps into Lorette, who's looking disheveled and kind of zombie-esque. And Amanda's all, oh, you scared me. That guy's in my class. He's been bugging me for months about. But Lorette just kind of keeps shuffling forward down the hall. And the scene fades. Okay, we got a couple of more characters to meet. So let's get to it. First up, we got Colin, who is played by Oren Sofer. Whose only other credits include an episode of Law and Order in 1997. And playing Spencer in Ghost Rider in 1994. That's a shame. Yeah, I thought he did pretty good in this episode, too. I mean, he's not the best, but, uh, I don't know. He could be in more stuff. Yeah, he could have done more. He could have been a Power Ranger. (laughs) He could have been, I guess. Um, we also have Bud, who's the kid in the wheelchair. And he's played by Richard Asimov, who played Stevie Bloom in Student Bodies and not much else. So that was a sentence. Yeah, that's a human. (laughs) The little girl that Lorette chased is played by Alicia Cuthbert. Which is crazy. Yeah. I didn't recognize her at all. Well, um, I know her by name, but um, I don't think I've really seen anything she's been in. Um, She plays Alex Kirkovich in the long-running show Happy Endings. Yeah, that's where you should recognize her from because you should watch it. Another show I have to watch? It's great. Is it a comedy? Yeah. Okay. She also plays Abby on The Ranch, and she played Kim Bauer on 24, so that's cool. She's in a lot of stuff. I'm just going to say, Brandon, remember um, Eddie from Manaha, how I said we're going to see him again? Eddie, Eddie. Which one's Eddie? Is that Augustus Gloop? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're going to see her just as much later. All right. So, yeah, that's a little girl that had, like, one line. I didn't put in that pretty girl because she was in, like, nothing else. And uh, I think that's all we got so far. Moving on. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your third shift nurse. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, thank you so much for spending time and having a goof with us. We really appreciate it. It's giveaway time again at the Up All Night Podcast. We've got a lot to celebrate this time, too. Not only are we finishing up the original run of the show in Season 5, but we just hit 20,000 total downloads. To celebrate, we're giving away Season 5 of Are You Afraid of the Dark on DVD, as well as a few other goodies for you. Entering is always simple. Give us a follow on Twitter at PRVT Island and find our pinned post. Post a comment, retweet it, and you're entered in to win. We've got another entry for you on our Instagram. Follow us there at Private Island Presents. Comment on the post with the Season 5 DVD, and you're entered in. Bonus points if you tag others who you think would like to win. As always, all of our patrons get an automatic bonus entry to win. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. With tiers as low as $1 a month, there's something available for everyone. We post new content multiple times a week, so there's always something new and exciting to listen to, like our quick frights, bloopers, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Heather, and Angela, Silver Goth Shane and Steven, our newest patron and Golden Day Day Faith, and our Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, and Carly. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Our show would not be the same without you. Be sure to check out our Instagram every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to watch full-length episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark with fans. Spoilers, it's a ton of fun. For a link to all of our social medias, the Facebook page, YouTube, Patreon, and more, 
check out the episode description. We'll have another bonus episode coming to you this Thursday, so stay tuned. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. He's been very busy working on the Season 6 artwork, and I'm really excited to show it off when it's finished. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. Thanks again so much for taking a listen, and I cannot believe we're past the 20,000 download mark. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Alright, back to the show. Now we're first person walking through the shower room, and we see Amanda gathering some supplies. And the camera walks up and scares her. But it's just Colin again. He says, sorry, it was only me. Amanda tells him to stop bugging her and go to bed, but Colin eats another piece of candy corn, saying, his roommate's gone. And Amanda asks, what do you mean, gone? Who's your roommate? Colin tells her, it's Bud, the kid with the broken leg. He took off about an hour ago and didn't come back. So what time do you think it is? Midnight? Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, most hospitals, I think at, like, maybe 9, maybe 10 o'clock is when they stop having visitors. And this teenage girl who goes to school is is still working there. And, I don't know, this is crazy. This is not, it's not how this works. But I'm glad it did, because this episode's so good. (laughs) Well, Amanda says that she's gonna go tell Nurse Hanton... But Colin's all, whoa, 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 I don't want to get him in trouble. Can't we just go find him? So Amanda gives him a look and, and, and he says, oh, come on, he's just having fun. But I guess you wouldn't know about stuff like that. So Amanda stops saying, all right. If I get in trouble, I'll cut out your tonsils myself. And the two walk away and we fade to the hallway. Remember what I was saying about teenage drama and overachieving high school girls who meet a boy uh-huh. who teach her that there's more to life? Yeah. And just, yeah, this is that. See, I told you it can go in so many directions. You never saw hospital vampires coming, did ya? <laughs> no, mm, I sure didn't. Alright. Maybe I'll give these teenage drama literatures a try. I, I'm not going to, but... Okay, there's not that many about uh, hospital vampires. Is this the only one? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Amanda and Colin are walking side by side, calling out for Bud. And Colin's all, hey... This is the first time we're doing something together. And Amanda says, yeah, my life is complete. And then they hear a noise like someone coming from a room. So Colin's all, look out. And the kids duck into another room. And we watch Nurse Hanton come out of that room. She looks down the hallway. She listens at the door Colin and Amanda went into. And then we hear like a laugh or something from down the hall. And Hanton goes to investigate. In the closet is Colin and Amanda. And Colin says, alone at last. And then he eats another candy corn. And at this point, I was kind of like, what's the deal with this candy corn? That's just a character trait of his. He eats candy corn. That's the only It amounts to nothing, right? Well, I mean, it's... He doesn't save the day with candy corn. No, and I... Like, I knew what was going to happen because, like I said, I've seen this episode. But if I hadn't seen this episode, this continuous candy corn eating, I was like, if the vampire is, like, allergic to candy corn or something, like, you're going to fuck up a good story. (laughs) Yeah. But Thankfully, they don't. But also, why do they make him eat candy corn? Dude, I don't know. Like, spoilers, later on, Amanda eats some of the candy corn, so maybe it's like a, I don't know, an example of her, you know, busting loose and being, (laughs) you know, not so busy, and she's got time to eat the candy corn. She's loosening up a little bit, trying out some candy corn, (laughs) experimenting, getting a little crazy. But for now, Amanda asks how he can eat those things, and that it isn't even Halloween. And Colin shrugs, saying that he's a rebel. And Amanda tells him, no, you're a geek, and you'll get me in trouble. But she shuffles her feet, and they look down, and and she sees a bunch of empty packages of blood. And she asks, what is it? And then she turns on the light, and Colin asks what it is, and Amanda tells him that they're blood storage bags. Colin takes another look, saying, yuck, it looks like a rack on them. Why do they keep them in here? And Amanda shakes her head saying, they don't. Something's wrong. And she opens up the door and we cut to the nurse's station. Amanda sits down a little tray with the empty packets of blood calling for Nurse Hanton. And Hanton walks up from the shadows, wide-eyed. And Amanda says that she found this in the closet and there's a ton of them in there. And Hanton calmly looks down saying, really, how strange. 
and Amanda continues saying that they're shredded like a dog got them. I think we better call security. And Hanton looks at her saying, you're right, Amanda. I'll do that. And she lifts up the phone a little bit, and she watches Amanda walk away, and then she sets the phone back down. And the camera pans up to her neck, and we see two gnarly puncture wounds under her ear. Yeah, it looks gross. It does. Don't like looking at it. <laughs> well, they show it like a million times, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, At this point, I gotta say, this vampire is greedy. It's hungry. He's sucking blood out of everybody, and he's eating blood in the closet like a little kid eating donuts. Well, I think maybe the one drinking out of the closet was someone else. Oh, do you think it was? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Okay, never mind. But he's still greedy. He's still still a hospital full of people. (laughs) (laughs) He eats all of them. Yeah, he's greedy as hell. With Amanda, she's walking down the hallway and looking over her shoulder. So she would totally see Nurse Hanton putting down the phone and not calling security. But eh. then she bumps into Colin again, who says, hey, sorry, why are you so jumpy? And Amanda tells him something weird is going on. And then she asks if Bud came back. And Colin says, no, but I know where he might be. We zip over to a door with morgue written on it. And up walk Colin and Amanda. And Colin says that this is the one place he wanted to see. And he opens the door, and the two kids walk in, and the camera pans over to a damn body on the table covered with a white sheet. Why is everyone so into going to the morgue? I don't know, man. I'm just thinking, like, this is a kid's show, man. Like, A hospital is supposed to be, like, a safe place for kids. You want to make sure that they want to go there when they need to. And this episode does not make me want to go to a hospital. Amanda tells Colin, well, he's not here, let's go. But Colin says, wait, is that a body? And man's all, no, it's a pinball machine. Come on. Which is a good one. I don't know if it's a throwback to Pinball Wizard or not, but. It's not, but okay. It's cool. <laughs> Colin walks closer saying he's never seen a dead body before. And Amanda begs him oh, not to come go. Come on, dude. But he walks right up to it and pulls off the cloth. And Amanda covers her mouth and turns away as Colin asks, what? It's just a dead body. And Amanda tells him, it's Felix. And we look down at Felix, who's got those same puncture marks under his ear, and he's looking dead as hell. Colin asks, who? And Amanda says, it's Felix. He worked in maintenance. And Colin, the asshole, says, not anymore. He's, like, dead. She's clearly upset. (laughs) You want to get with this girl. Like, just pretend to not be a douchebag. I know she doesn't work at this hospital, but this is essentially her co-worker. She works at this hospital. She just ain't getting paid. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Amanda tells Colin that she just saw Felix tonight and he was fine. And Colin covers Felix back up saying, let's get out of here. And the two kids walk out of the room and we stay back with Felix. And he sits up and he lifts off the sheet and he smiles. And we see he has fangs like a vampire. And now it's commercial time. So you think that he's the one that ate up the bags? Yeah, definitely. Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense. Then. He doesn't want to hurt people. Ah, okay, alright. I like that so much more than what I thought. That the vampire was just extra <laughs> greedy. The... <laughs> didn't know how to get into a plastic bag, so he ripped them apart. Slow Capri Suns. <laughs> yeah, that's way better than what I thought originally. <laughs> Back from commercial, Colin and Amanda are walking near the nurse's station, and Amanda calls out for Miss Hanton, and then Lorette, and she looks at the station, and she sees the phone is off the hook, so she picks it up and listens to it, saying, it's dead, and Colin's all, just like old Felix. (laughs) Damn, dude. What an asshole. He's still cold on the table. (laughs) Like, they probably just dragged him up from the basement like ten minutes before. They just found him and been like, oh, we got a dead one down here. That's one of ours. Just put him in the morgue. (laughs) Probably haven't even called his family yet. No, no. Amanda says, Colin. And Colin apologizes and says this. This whole place is starting to feel like a morgue. And Amanda looks up at him saying, security should have been here by now. I don't like this. Let's go downstairs. And the kids turn to use the elevator. But in front of them is Jack, the crew leader from before, who says, evening, Amanda. And Amanda looks at him saying, Jack, what happened to Felix? And Jack takes a few steps closer to the kid saying, Felix, Felix is just fine. 
And the kids back up, and Colin says, Depends on your definition of fine. Jack's all, How about we go see him? And Colin's eyes get big, and he says, Why don't you go? Tell him we said hi. And he grabs Amanda's arms, and the kids run away. Jack slowly turns, and we see that he's got two puncture wounds under his ear, too. It's gross. They got Jack. No, they got Jack. (laughs) With Amanda and Colin, they walk into the stairwell, and Colin asks, What's with that guy? And Amanda says, I don't know. This is weird. This whole time, like, she is just like, this is too weird. Like, I mean, I know that vampires don't exist or anything, but wouldn't you, like, wouldn't your mind race to the, uh, like, the creepy things that aren't explained or, you know, that aren't real at this point? Don't you think? I mean, my mind's always doing that anyway, even when nothing strange is happening. So, yeah. (sighs) It would take very little for me to go, this is vampires, you guys. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well... She says, let's just walk down to the lobby. And they look down the stairs, but up walks Felix, who says, hello, It's Amanda. so creepy. It's, yeah, it's it's good. Like, they just saw this guy dead. Like, imagine how creepy that would be. It's so good. Amanda looks at him saying, Felix, but you're... And Felix smiles with his fangs saying, dead? Sort of. And he laughs again. And the kids run the hell out of there and back to the floor they were just on. And Colin's all, how can you be sort of dead? And then from the door they just came busts Felix... Who says, oh, it's not so bad, really. You'll soon find out for yourself. And he grabs Amanda and is about to bite her neck. And she screams, Felix! And Colin pushes Felix to the ground and into some kid toys on the windowsill. (laughs) And he's yelling, what are you doing, man? What is your problem? Felix laughs, saying, my problem is I was the first. And Colin's all, the first what? Back with Felix, he says, he drank too much and made me like this. And Amanda tells him that he's got to get him to a doctor. But Felix tells her that there are no doctors. There are no nurses. There are no patients. There's nobody left. It's been feeding on everybody. Only enough to control them. Not enough to cause a panic. Once it gets everybody, it's going to come back. It's going to come back and finish them off. And Colin asks, who? What are you talking about? And Felix gets closer saying, it's not too late. It hasn't gotten you. Maybe you can stop it. And Colin and Amanda back up a little saying, easy pal. And Amanda tells Felix that he's scaring her. Felix is all, Amanda, Amanda, please come with me. I'm getting weaker. I don't know how much longer I can fight it. Uh, no, dude. (laughs) And Amanda yells, fight what? Felix drops to the ground saying he's changing. And if someone doesn't stop it, you will too. I don't know if I like his acting in this scene or not. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of a weird scene. Like, the circumstances are all weird. He's like... He's he's a vampire. Yeah. But he's he's still got some humanity. I guess in the context he did a really good job. I don't know. It wasn't bad. Yeah. The scene just fades and now we're back down in the maintenance area with Felix, Amanda, and Colin. And Felix is like hiding behind barrels and stuff while Amanda and Colin just slowly walk down the path. I like this because he's like their little dogs <laughs> sniffing around and yeah. leading the way. Like, I get it. They haven't seen the vampire, so they don't even know what like what the hell's going on. So he has been extra cautious about this. But they walk further down and Felix says, you guys aren't going to believe it, but you have to. Felix tells them that it shipped itself here. Can you believe it? The box said water pump. Funny thing is, I was the one who signed for it. Colin's all, yeah, that's real funny. And they walk further down and Felix says, you guys aren't going to believe this, but you have to. And we look over around a corner and see a vampire's coffin. It's just kind of just chilling there, just up against the wall. What does he mean it shipped itself here? So at the beginning of the episode, when Jack was yelling at him for signing for a water pump as Zebo, he's the one that signed to have the vampire delivered, and the vampire just delivered itself to the hospital, and he signed for it. this coffin just showed up unscheduled. Yeah. Like, they didn't order a water pump, but a water pump showed up. Yeah. This Zebo signed for it. And it wasn't actually a water pump. The box for the water pump showed up, and it wasn't a water pump. It was a vampire. <laughs> so the vampire just slapped, like, shipping labels on his coffin, laid down in it, and was like, all right, I'll wake up in the hospital. Pretty much, yeah. That's clever. It is. And, like, when uh, Felix went down there at the beginning, you know, he found the broken wood pieces from the box that the water pump was supposed to be in. So the vampire... Opened up his coffin and broke through the box. And then he snacked on Felix. (laughs) Okay. 
So Felix says, it's a vampire, Amanda, and it's hunting in the hospital. Colin starts saying, get out of here. But Felix runs up to him and pins him against the wall saying, you want me to prove it to you? I'm fighting the change, but I can easily. And then Amanda runs up and pushes him off. Yelling, Stop. And Felix tells the kids that the only thing he needs is the is that coffin. And if we destroy it, then, and we hear a voice say, Amanda, are you down here? And we look over and Margo's down here. Good old Margo. Silly Margo. She's so goofy. What are you doing down here? Amanda looks over at her saying, Margo, are you okay? And she says, sure. Felix is wrong, you know. Of course a vampire needs its coffin. But it also needs blood. And Amanda's all, That's what? That's the thing a normal human says. Exactly. And Margo slowly walks their way with her hands in her pockets saying, people have it all wrong. Vampires only need to feed every 50 years or so. And isn't a hospital a great place for it? It's like a candy store. And Amanda asks who she is, and Margo looks over at Felix saying, I made a mistake, Felix. You shouldn't have turned so soon. And then she snaps up and smiles at Amanda and Colin, saying, It doesn't matter. I'm almost done here anyway. And Amanda's like, Okay, well, we're just going to go upstairs. But Margo lifts up her hand saying, I don't think so. And then she steps closer to the camera saying, we haven't been properly introduced yet. And her face morphs into the vampires with the red eyes and the green aged skin. And it looks amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's such a good effect. I don't even know what else to say about it. It's just like perfect. She walks up closer to the camera where you can only see like the bridge of her nose and her eyes. And she blinks and her skin turns green and her eyes turn red. And the camera backs away. And it's the vampire's face, and he smiles, and he laughs with his, with his like, gnarly, yellow, sharp fangs. It's just really cool looking. All right, Brandon, I have to ask, off the cuffs here, did this mm -hmm. vampire get spoiled for you? No. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Because this vampire and the corpse monster from Dead Man's Float, I've been waiting most of this podcast for you to see them. And I, I'm really glad this one didn't get spoiled for you. No, I had no idea what to expect. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. And even after seeing it, I didn't I didn't think vampire. <laughs> you thought Green Goblin? <laughs> yeah, I thought Green Goblin. <laughs> are, are there any other vampires that look like this that you can think of? Not that I can think of, no. Okay. I like it. Yeah, he's cool looking. He looks very gentlemanly. I mean, besides the green skin and huge fangs and, <laughs> like, blood red eyes. He's got, like, a little coat on and stuff <laughs> is this vampire ever given a name no i don't think so it's just vampire margo i think his name's margo margo the vampire yeah well he looks down at felix saying i should have finished what i started and he grabs for felix and amanda and colin run away and they hear felix screaming as they run but they make their way to the lobby and are looking to exit but two security guards slowly walk their way saying sorry kids no one leaves so they run away and then they stop for a second and Amanda asks if they're the only ones left and then says, Colin, I'm scared. And Colin says that he is too and that this isn't exactly the first date he had in mind. And Amanda says, if we get the chance for a second. And then Colin walks over saying, the coffin. Felix says, if we destroy it, we destroy the vampire. And Amanda's all, but he won't let anyone near it. And Colin's like, except there's two of us. If I lure the vampire away, you can drag the coffin into the incinerator. And Amanda stamps her feet saying, there's no way I can move that big thing. And then she turns around saying, but maybe you can. I lure the vampire away and you can move the coffin. And Colin stops her saying, forget it, Amanda, if it gets you, you're dead. And Amanda counters saying, if we don't stop it, we're both dead. Got any more candy corn? And he hands her a piece and she says, so where do I lure this thing? And then she eats the candy corn. Boom, payoff. You know, with all of this, like, cool stuff going on, you wouldn't think that this episode could get any cooler, you know? <laughs> but it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it gets even better. We cut over to those two security guards who are just standing still in a trance. And the camera pans over and we see Amanda being all stealthy. And she stops. She takes a breath. And then she walks by the guards who say, Hey, maybe you should come with us. And Amanda starts running now. And she goes to the elevator and she pushes a button yelling, tell your friend I'll be upstairs. And just as the doors start to close, Margot pops out with a smile saying, tell him yourself. And then the doors close on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Margot, you creepy. 
Yeah, she really is. She's really good at being creepy, and I love it. Downstairs with Colin, he opens up the door to the incinerator, which is the same one that we've seen earlier with the flame in it that Felix closed. With Amanda, she's up at the kids' floor, and she runs to the nurse's station area, and she looks around, and she runs up to the fire alarm and is about to pull it, which is a great idea, when Nurse Hanton stops her. They got more than one fire alarm, though, right? I would hope so. Legally, I think they're obligated to. (laughs) I feel that is correct, yes. Well, she's about to pull it, and Nurse Hanton stops her, saying, that's not a good idea. So Amanda starts running away, but she's stopped by Bud in his wheelchair, who laughs, saying, you gotta see the morgue, for real. And she takes another step to run. Is that what he said? I think so, yeah. Oh. I thought he said, I got to see the morgue, for real. Um, well, it's either that or you. I don't know which one it was. Okay, but if it's I got to see the morgue, then that's dark as shit. If it's you gotta see the morgue, then it's like, yeah, okay, you're a creepy kid. (laughs) Well, you know what? Margot, obviously being the vampire, is the last person with Bud, so maybe she took him to the morgue? I don't know. I thought he was saying, like... I wanted to see the morgue when I was alive, but now I'm dead, so I got to see it for real. Yeah. I think either way is pretty creepy. Well, Amanda takes another step to run in the other direction, but runs into Lorette, who's saying, I'm beginning to like the night shift. And Amanda runs past her into the stairwell. And she goes to run down the stairs, but up walks Margot, (laughs) saying, you wanted to see me? And again, it's creepy. Like, good job. Like, they did it twice, and it worked both times. Yep. Amanda turns around and is about to go back to the kids' wing, but she stops, and then she runs up the stairs. And we cut over, and she's on the roof now, and we get a cool shot that shows the whole roof, and there's really nowhere for her to go, and there's sirens blaring from the streets, and it's just great. Yeah. I like that Amanda's on the roof, and Colin's in the basement. It's like the exact opposite. It's pretty cool. I like that a lot, too. So now we're with Colin again and he runs over and he grabs a coffin and he pushes it to the ground and he starts dragging it when the camera pans over and we see our old buddy Felix again and he's got red eyes now and he opens his mouth and he hisses (laughs) like a vampire because he's a vampire (laughs) yeah he do like vampires do if I were a vampire I'd be hissing all over the place I'd be like (laughs) (laughs) back with Amanda she's running along the rooftop and she looks over and there's Margot who says, it'll be less painful if you give in. <laughs> Damn. Back with Colin, he's dragging the coffin more, and he stops out of breath, and he hears Felix laugh. And we look over, and Felix says, you want a proof? Here it comes. And he runs towards Colin. Back with Amanda, Margot is walking slowly towards her, saying, there's no use in running. And the camera pans past a pillar, so it like obscures Margot, and then on the other side of it, it's the vampire. So he, like, you know, takes off his glamour or whatever. And the mm-hmm. vampire says, I'm far too good a hunter. And he laughs. <laughs> Back with Colin, Felix has him pinned up against the wall. And Colin yells, Felix, don't. And Felix opens his mouth, hissing. And we cut back to Amanda, who runs up and to the edge of the roof, looking down at the ground below. And from behind her, the vampire says, I don't like to work so hard for my kills. And he laughs some more. And super sinister. Yeah, he's creepy. With Colin, he says, he's going to get Amanda, Felix. Bite me and Amanda's done. And that stops Felix, and he backs up a little. With Amanda, the vampire grabs her and holds her up over the edge of the roof, laughing as she screams. And we see her try to get her footing on the edge, and it's just so good. Back with Colin, he says, you're still in there, aren't you? Help me save her. And Felix looks down at the handle to the coffin. Back with Amanda, she's begging the vampire not to drop her. Because they're on the roof, and she would die. Yeah. And the vampire says, I should drop you, and then lick up what's left. <laughs> Some cold-ass yes. shit. That's insane. Yeah. I'm like a 30-year-old man, and I was watching that like, God damn. Me too. I ain't gonna sleep tonight. Oh my god. Do you think he'd lick her up like a cat? <laughs> yes. He would hiss and lick her up like a cat. <laughs> With the boys, they pick up the coffin. With Amanda, the vampire lifts her up high and then puts her back on the roof saying, No, the old-fashioned way is best. And he opens up his mouth and he goes for the neck. Which is a very good thing that he did this, by the way. I mean, I guess. 
With the boys, the, the they get the coffin up so that they can slide it into the incinerator. With Amanda, the vampire slowly goes in to bite her. And back with the boys, they push the coffin in. Back with Amanda, she screams and the vampire's head lights on fire. And then he screams a bunch. And it's cut with the incinerator burning the coffin. And then the it vampire's so whole body metal. is on fire. And he falls off the rooftop and lands on the ground. A flaming heap. It's so good. It looks awesome. But that's why I say that it's a good thing that he lifted um, Amanda back on the roof. Because if they had incinerated the coffin while she was like dangling over the edge, I'm sure she would have died. Oh, definitely. 100%. And there would have been no one to lick her up. No. But this is so good. Like, who knew we were going to get a flaming man, too, you know? This season has been pretty good with villain deaths. Yeah, right? With Miss Valenti and the corpse monster melting like goth. Yeah, they've sizzled, they've blown up, they've burned. <laughs> they've turned into doves. <laughs> it's all <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> The scene fades, and we're back at the nurse's station, and the camera slowly pans down, and we see Amanda run down the hallway, and Bud yells, Incoming! For, like, what, the third time now? Yeah. And he wheels by her. Catchphrase. You got it, dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Up runs Lorette, and she says, I really thought the night shift was supposed to be quiet. And Amanda asks if she's okay, and she says, Nothing a little sleep wouldn't cure. And Nurse Hanton calls for Amanda, so Amanda runs over to her, and she asks Amanda what happened to the new girl, and if she scared her off already. And Amanda giggles, saying, yeah, something like that. So, Margot was always the vampire? Yes. Yep. Okay. That's what I thought, but I didn't think that at first. I thought she was just another, like, he could just take over people. Oh. Nah, he's he was the... Because he was the blonde girl. Yep. And then the little and girl. And he the, was the little girl. Yeah. But there never was a Margo? No, he was Margo the whole time. Okay. All right. So then we hear Colin say, Amanda? And Amanda walks over and gives him a big hug as he asks if she's okay and what happened. And Amanda tells him that it's over and everybody's back to normal. They don't even remember what happened. Up walks Jack, who points his finger... And walks between Amanda and Colin saying, there you are. And we look and he walks up to Felix saying, finish mop in the lobby or I'll find somebody who knows how to work. And Felix smiles at the kid saying, I remember. Thanks. And he walks away. And Colin looks at Amanda saying, so what was that about a second date? And Amanda says, I'll have to check my schedule. She grabs a piece of candy corn from his pocket and eats it saying, but I'm sure I can squeeze you in. And she walks away and the door to room 65 behind them closes. The end. I don't know if I have anything more to say about this story because it wraps it up perfectly well. There's no plot holes in this story. Everything just worked together. The setting is amazing. All the characters make sense and they all have a part to the story. It's just good. Yeah, it's a good episode. I want to say, well, spoilers, I think this is my favorite Sam episode too. Dream Girl and Watcher's Woods are good, but I think that this is just... She saved the best for last, honestly, I think. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Back at the Midnight Society, Sam says, the end, and Betty Ann and Kiki think that shit was awesome, and Gary just stands up and is about to leave when Sam yells, Gary, could you wait a sec? And Gary says, um, yeah, I guess. And Tucker and Stig get up saying, ooh, and Betty Ann shoves them along saying, keep walking. And Kiki stops by Gary saying, it's getting a little hot. And Betty Ann comes back and grabs her saying, come on, Kiki. Uh, Betty Ann's the best. She's the mom of the group. She so is. And now that Sam and Gary are alone, Sam says, um, that story was about someone being so busy being busy that they missed out on a lot of possibilities. Gary's like, yeah. And Sam says, well, I was just thinking about what you said, and maybe you and I have some possibilities. And Gary smiles, saying, really? That's great. Why don't I put out the fire? And but Sam says, no, not yet. And the two sit down next to each other, looking into the fire, as she says that she wants to watch it a little longer. And that's the end, and that should have been the season finale, but... Yeah, that's great, and I look forward to many episodes and seasons focusing on their developing relationship, (laughs) seeing the highs and lows, but knowing that through it all, they will always have each other. Unless one or both of them move, and they get (laughs) deleted from existence. (laughs) Well, if I know... If I would have known that this was the ending that the Midnight Society gets... I would have just put the 13th episode and been like, yeah, we're watching this one next. 
and you wouldn't have been any the wiser and it would have no, just made a really whole lot more sense <laughs> you tell me what the next episode is and i believe you well yeah that's that's the episode though like i mean moral of the story don't sign on for the night shift as a teenager that's just not you can't do that don't work at a hospital the moral of the story is if you harass someone and they won't go out with you just find oh. some way to save their life yeah that's been the moral of the story twice now <laughs> two yeah, times in a row it's exactly the same as door unlocked <laughs> Like, at least Colin turns out to be a good guy. Like I mean, not saying just that Justin isn't. Just don't kill him. But... That's all you have to do is not kill them. Yeah. And they'll eventually like you. If you're persistent enough and you give them candy corn, that's the ticket. I think that the real moral of the story is not to trust anybody named Margo. What's wrong with Margo? Do you even know anybody named Margo? No. Such an old-fashioned name. If anybody's named Margo, there's a good chance they're a vampire. <laughs> That's the moral. <laughs> well, Brandon, the tale of the night shift. Do you think we can come up with a better name than that? No. I don't either. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time ever. <laughs> it's a but great name. Let's try. Uh, we could try, yeah. Uh the tale of the incinerator. Uh Tale of Doctor Babies. <laughs> we don't see any doctors. <laughs> I assume everyone there is like 10, except for those two nurses. <laughs> the two nurses, Jack and the security guards. Well, they don't count. The tale of there's only one kid in this hospital. <laughs> the tale of the irresistible morgue. Oh, everybody wants to see the morgue. Dead bodies are all that in a bag of chips, okay? Whee! Corpses! Ah, <laughs> uh, gee whiz. I don't know, man. Tale of the Candy Corn. Yeah, that's it. The Tale of the Candy Corn. Nah, that name is just too good. Night Shift is just perfect for this episode. Yeah, it's great. Brandon, are you ready to find out what is up for the season finale of season five? Yes, what is the disappointing follow-up to Tale of the Night Shift? Oh, I mean, anything would be, honestly. Um, Frozen Ghost 2. <laughs> yeah. Up next is the tale of the badge. Okay, crazy cop. Next. <laughs> well, wait. Who do you think is going to tell the tale? <laughs> crazy cop. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a Tucker. Okay, yeah, I can see that. He would be like, "I got this great story. First, I did the phone police. Now you're going to see a real scary story about police. <laughs> now you're going to see regular police." <laughs> Yeah, the story starts and they're just flashing their badge like, ma'am, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know what, Brandon? Given the name, what? the tale of the badge, like, spoilers, you're completely wrong. And that's okay. But, like, I get where you're going and I like it. Yeah. My predictions are always better than the real episode. Well, my predictions, how little they've been, I really like the idea of C7 being a vending machine. So, Yeah. <laughs> That would have been so cool. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all I got for you today, huh? Are we done, right. those? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well. Another one in the bag. You said it. We only have 27 more episodes. <sighs> Shit. That's so little. No. Only a couple months left. Oh, God. Whatever. I need to sleep on this, Brandon. I'm going back to sleep. I've been up all night. All right. I'm out of here. Me too. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Yep. Bye. Come on, it was a goof.